tomorrow, as a matter of fact, not today. I was going to say today, but no, it's tomorrow. Uh, marks a grim international anniversary uh, on a topic we've talked about a lot, kept an eye on. Uh, February 24th of 2022, Russia invaded Ukraine or expanded their invasion, you know, because there have been other things that go back 10 years plus. Um, regardless, that's when the current conflict in the region exploded into what it is now, open warfare, um, mass casualties, absolute tragedy. It's now gone on for two full years. And in reality, and you just heard from Rob Hubert from the University of Calgary, are we any closer to a resolution to an end of this maybe but nobody really seems to know at this point and it's uh kind of grim to think about where this conflict has become because it looks like at this point it's just turned into an awful awful war of attrition that's gone on for months and may go on for many more months we're going to speak now with Yars Balan, who's the coordinator of the canadian institute of ukrainian studies at university of alberta it's been a while Yars. thanks so much for joining us appreciate your time Thanks for having me, Shay. Um, let's just take a minute and, and, and take stock of the last two years. I think, you know, it started with shock that Russia would take this action in the first place, followed by shock at their failure to quickly accomplish the goals that they'd set out to. I think it was all surprising at the beginning, wasn't it? Absolutely. Nobody expected Ukraine to last uh, a week, much or some, some predicted three days uh, for it to fall, and uh, all of that proved untrue. Yeah, there's no question. I think Russia thought as well it would be a week right that was sort of their their thinking going in they packed their troops packed dress uniforms because they're going to have a victorious you know victory parade down in downtown cave uh to celebrate their great victory uh, uh which they're still waiting to do what happened was it um a failure of russia or a victory of ukraine or a combination of both why did it go so much differently than i think almost everybody expected it was a combination of both. I mean, the Russians uh, believed their own propaganda, that they had the second largest and second best army in the world, uh, even though it was riddled with corruption and had all kinds of problems and was still stuck in its tactics or whatever in, in the past. Uh, and the Ukrainians produced, you know, proved to be remarkably uh, creative and uh, determined. Uh, they, you have to have the will. And... Uh, put up such fierce resistance that it caught the Russians off guard, and they paid a very, very heavy price uh, for that initial attack. So they're still trying to recover from it. They're still trying to rebuild uh, their army. Yeah, exactly. And we know following that initial sort of pushback, and it, it settled into this war of attrition that's been going on for months now, Yars, um, uh, and we've been stuck in that phase for a long, long time. It, it's really quite depressing to think about it. Well, it didn't have to be this way, first of all, that uh, when Ukraine mounted its counteroffensive last fall and made inroads, uh, they, um, you know, they could have they could have done more uh, or in the fall of 2022, I should say that, um, you know, if they had the right equipment and everything, they could have pushed even further. Uh, this has been the real challenge for Ukrainians that the, the support they're getting from the West has been giving to them piecemeal. Uh, so many tanks, a few the a few uh, Patriot missile launchers, or this or that, and they just don't give them the tools to finish the job, and uh, that's had a very heavy price because it's allowed the Russians to dig in in the territories they did take in the initial days of the war, and make it much harder for Ukrainians to dislodge them from it, and uh, they're still uh, Ukrainians are still facing for all the prom you know announcements and promises of so many tanks and so many cruise missiles and and whatever that a lot of it is very slow coming and in insufficient quantities 
to make a significant difference. What has surprised everybody, though, is that Ukraine is, first of all, continuing to hang on, obviously paying a heavy price, and they're also making gains. I mean, they they basically uh, pushed the, the, the Russian Black Sea fleet out of the Black Sea. Uh, they're all cowering in their ports and afraid to venture out because Ukraine has been very successful in sinking their ships. Uh, they've reopened their corridor for shipping grain out of Ukraine, which is really important for Ukraine's economy. And they are shooting down uh, Russian planes. More air defense um, uh, you know, weaponry is needed, of course. Uh, we're waiting for the arrival of the F-16s. It won't be a game changer, but it will have a huge impact. It will have an impact on the on the battlefield. Uh, and Ukrainians have shown themselves to be remarkably uh, quick to to uh, learn new technologies, and not only that, to, but to improve on them in many cases. I mean, the West has been watching, I think, with amazement at how quickly Ukrainians uh, pick up uh, how to use the weaponry that they get, and in many cases, improve them. Um, where. You, you mentioned uh, Western support, and we know that's been such a, a, an important piece of this puzzle. Where do you think that stands right now, and how concerning is it to you to see, I think it's fair to say, cracks starting to appear in some of the resolve in some countries? It's still there, and I know there was a lot of support pledged last week following the NATO meetings, but you've heard it. We all know there is some pushback in some corners saying we, we have to stop. We can't continue to do this indefinitely. Uh, even some talk from U.S. politicians about Ukraine needs to concede some territory and end this. It's enough already. Um, um, how concerning is that to you that that is starting to be heard more and more now? It's extremely worrisome uh, for a couple of reasons. First of all, that the uh, uh, morale in the West and, and in Ukraine is also uh, affected by these uh, challenges of, of getting this aid in and uh, in a timely fashion and, and deployed in Ukraine. Uh, Russians as well have been aggressively waging a disinformation campaign and a, and a propaganda campaign. They're trying to push the line that it's inevitable. We are going to take all of Ukraine. It's just a matter of time. We will outshoot them, outspend them, out whatever them. Uh, so, uh, you know, there's no point to Ukraine even resisting. Ukrainians don't have a choice. They know what happens to them when they, uh, if they get occupied by the Russians. We've seen this in the occupied territories. Rapes tortures, deportations of families of children, uh, destruction. You know, they, they level towns to, the, to rubble. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's the, that's the choice that Ukrainians face. So they're going to fight and they're going to they're continue to fight. And I think that we have to be a little bit patient because wars tend to ebb and flow. There's momentum shifts. The momentum has obviously shifted in somewhat in Russia's direction. We shouldn't over-exaggerate it, though. Uh, I mean, Avdeyevka this big victory that they, they won recently, they have been fighting, first of all, Avdiivka has been in play militarily for 10 years now. And since October, the Russians have lost the one Russian military blogger, uh, uh, conceded that they lost 16,000 men since October. Uh, others think that the figure is closer to 40,000. Just to give you an idea of comparison, in the uh, Afghan war, that the Soviets were involved in. In 10 years, they lost 15,000 men. Wow. And here since October, they've lost as many as 40,000 men. Hmm. Uh, Putin doesn't care, of course. No, no. He, you know, he's got a bottomless pit. He'll throw this, what they call it, meat. Meat assaults, uh, just cannon fodder, uh, and let Ukrainians expend their uh, uh, weapons. Right now, I mean, the Ukrainians are rationing shells and ammunition and... Uh, are, are uh, and, and that's put them at an extreme disadvantage. 
But I think they're going to hang on, and I think that some of these challenges that we face with Hungary, with Poland, with Poland, you know, with some Polish protesters interfering at the border, uh, with uh, what's going on in the United States with these bought and bullied politicians, uh, I'm still hopeful. I think that uh, it'll Ukraine will get through this tough period and will emerge on the other side and go on an offensive again. So if, and I, of course you rule out any talk of, you know, concession to try and end this. I mean, do you want to, I, ultimately you think Ukraine prevails or I mean, how much longer do you think this goes on? And I know you're asking, I'm asking you to look into a crystal ball and read the tea yeah. leaves here. It's really tough to do, but what do you think? How much longer can this go on and what's the ultimate outcome? Actually, I think that, that, uh, there can be a surprising shift, uh, fairly quickly. Uh, if Ukraine can get the long-range, uh, the Taurus uh, cruise missiles and uh, the long-range attackums and whatever, to be able to take out the Kerch Bridge that, the, that Putin built to uh, bind uh, Crimea to Russia, uh, and uh, take, you know, they've been hitting targets in Crimea, they can make Crimea untenable, even though people sort of thought, oh, well, you know, they'll never get back Crimea. I think Ukraine stands a very good chance of getting back Crimea. And the first step would be to take out the bridge and to cut off the supply lines into Crimea. And uh, with the proper uh, military equipment, I think that they can do that, and that that would force a real shift, a quick shift in momentum again. Uh, they are not attacking Kiev. Uh, no. Kharkiv is, I think, in, in, in danger. It's close to the Russian border, and they've been, repeat, they've been throwing everything they have at, at Kharkiv. And there's in, some indication that they're obviously building up their forces. They're trying to take advantage of the fact that Ukraine is starved of weapons right now, to get as much territory as they can. Uh, and uh, that's why it's important for the uh, ammunition and the uh, weapon systems to come in as quickly as possible. Yars, always great insight. I appreciate the conversation. We'll do this again soon. Thank you.